0: Hey, what's up? This is Johnny McBee, and you're listening to the Burn This World podcast. So here with Jesse Glidewell, um, the original bass player for the Browning. How you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. Doing great. Always doing great. And, you know, Not always. <laughs> the, that was one of the best things about um, the band back then and, and having you in it specifically, though, is you were kind of the the um, enjoyment of actually being able to live through as rough of times as that was.
1: <laughs> Boy, they were rough,
0: but you had to make it good in some way, shape or form, right?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We didn't have much to work with.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so I don't really never, I didn't plan anything about what this conversation would be at all, but, um, we can let it flow, bud. Yeah. And I mean, I think it'd be best to start straight from, from the beginning of it. And I mean, really it started, uh, when I was in high school and you were retiring, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was already so old. <laughs> no, yeah, and so I, I joined a band uh called More the Martyr that Jesse was in my senior year of high school. And um yeah, from, from my understanding no one wanted me in the band, but I kinda just stuck myself in there.
1: I I didn't really care who was doing what <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, wow, I'm joining a band. I'm
0: pushing 30, but I'm joining a band, finally. There we go. And, yeah, starting the Browning full-time, I mean, that was definitely an interesting turn of events, having you move down to Texas to start the band. And, I mean, just from your perspective, because I have my perspective on starting a band. You know, I moved down there and I was trying to find people. But uh, you taking the leap of faith to, to do that. Like, like, I think that's a leap of faith that most musicians realistically never take. So like, why did you,
1: it was definitely, it was definitely big. Um, Well, let's start by, so I remember you were, you were always like, Hey, I'm working on this side stuff. I'm working on side stuff all the time when we were in that band and you showed me the Browning one day and I was like, bro, why don't we do this? Like, this is what we should be doing. And you were like, no, I, I just don't, I can't figure it out. I don't know how we're going to do all of this. And so then, what, you went off did your thing for a while. And I'm trying to remember how old I was at the time. I'm really thinking like 27.
0: Yeah, I think everyone in the band was around 26, 27. And I was yeah, 19. Crazy.
1: So I remember... um well, you guys were looking for a bass player or something. And I was just rolling it around over and over. I'm 27. I've rarely left Missouri at this point. I'm still, I've been cooking my whole life. It's pretty much all I've done. Cooking and partying. So not much. (laughs) But um, I don't know. It, It was an opportunity that I was just like, I felt like I had to do it. I mean, you were like, well, we're going to, you know, put this album together and then we're going to book a tour and then we're going to get signed. And like any of that was really going to happen. You right. Because
0: cause at that point it was all <laughs> just like, who knows? We were just going to go for it. But yeah,
1: exactly. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to I would literally have to quit my job and just go down there with a backpack and live in Texas. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I really the defining moment for me was I really wanted to do it and I remember I went to see We Came as Romans with a buddy of mine, Brandon, and they just like they put on the most amazing show and I was like, I can do this. like I I need to be doing this. Like I have the chance, it'll never happen again. And I think I called you the next day and was like, Hey bud, I wanna do this. Like You did. Get me down there, please.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it really was at that time. I mean, we were roughing it. Um, I think only one person in the band had a job. And yeah, <laughs> it was, um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we were trying to make it work no matter what. And I mean, it's just interesting that, you know, I I was, you know, 19 or 20 at the time. And uh, yeah. just to have people believing in it in some way, shape or form. I mean, Maybe it, I, looking back on it, it's hard for me to even understand like why like Amber and Matt, my sister and brother in law, moved down there with me to get it started, and then yeah, like all everyone in the original members all really went out of their way to make it happen. And I think without all the original members that were there, I don't think that it would have worked out.
1: Well, and it was like an all or nothing thing. It wasn't like we were going to go down there, fiddle around on guitars for a while and like just hang out with people. Like we we didn't do anything if it wasn't music related straight up Yeah, the whole time. Exactly. Like, all we of slept it was in the Roman. studio.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. We slept in the practice studio on the floor for God knows how long. <laughs> um, all we did was music stuff. Right. Plan tours, mail CDs. Those were the good old
0: days, though. Yeah. And it really was like, um, like we had a plan of kind of this, you know, hypothetical and the stuff we wanted to do, but no one with really much experience doing, uh, that stuff. And so Noah was a big part of, uh, helping book the tours at the beginning. Oh, yeah. And it was just really was. And like Cravey was the responsible one that had some money. And <laughs> so it was like, and-
1: for some weird reason, everything went exactly as planned, and I was
0: just like, it "This really is really
1: happening." Like, yeah. What? Yeah, who gets signed on their first tour that they booked themselves? Like what?
0: Yeah, and so it it really was. Um, it was a big leap of faith from everybody, and just ended up working out. And so, uh, like whenever we. We're all just living down there in Texas, just kind of grinding it out, um, working on the music and book, trying to book the tours and doing all that kind of crap. Um, because at that time, yeah, you were twenty seven years old, but yeah, really, uh, I mean, for as many musicians you know in your life, do you think that like going that hard is the only way to make it happen, or do you think that I don't know?
1: I feel like our I feel like that is what did it for us. We 100% dedicated every second to writing music. We had a full album ready for when we were sending out, you know, stuff to get signed. We had a tour booked. We had our own vehicle. Our... So basically, I remember you were saying your plan is for when a label looks at us, they can say, wow, we don't have to spend a single cent on doing anything for these fools because they're already doing it.
0: <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and and that's what, that's what my thought process was and even now to this day like i kind of have the same when i'm looking at bands if i want to work with someone that's pretty much what i'm looking for um oh yeah you just don't drive people you're gonna have to take care of and do everything what what's your like biggest most um, memorable uh thing of us of all of us living in that tiny one-bedroom apartment in uh plano
1: oh man um ramen noodles yes that's what i was that's literally the only as thing i, I lay can lay think dying about dvd
0: <laughs> yeah <dude.
1: laughs> i watched that as i lay dying dvd like 10 times a day with
0: yeah album. we really did it was, and that that dvd really was such an uh, inspiration to me just in all of us we literally did every single day just on repeat oh, yeah. watch that as i lay dying dvd and oh yeah so so good. And yeah, literally the first thing that pops in my head is ramen noodles as well. <laughs> chicken
1: ramen. Good Lord. I, I still can't really mess with chicken ramen after all that.
0: Really? I, it's still one of my favorite things in the world. I don't know.
1: <laughs> wow. I still go there every now and then just to have a little taste of the past.
0: But yikes. I mean, you were doing like... You always put like shredded cheese on yours.
1: I was getting wild. You'd think I was in prison the way I would eat those, but I've never been.
0: I mean, we were doing all versions of it i mean ramen sandwiches yeah, yeah. like mic boiled <laughs> maybe baked uh-huh. i don't know yeah i mean the, the you and then to get your protein like once every two days you put an egg in it like oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> It it is just so weird how that is like the my main memory from that time period is just ramen noodles that's it That's all I got. (laughs) And for some
1: reason, that cactus that was by Cravey's door that you'd just rake your leg on if you were going out the back (laughs) patio, like you could have put that in a better place.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, and there was times too, it wasn't just all four original members. We had Lunchbox over there. We had Eric over there. We, I mean, and it was, it was just a fun time of writing. I've still to this day, I've never written like that with, with anybody like sitting there actually together, like working on music. That's.
1: And just like working off of each other. It's like, I would just be fiddling on the guitar and I would play something and you'd be like, Oh, do that first part again. And then you'd write like, uh, you would just change it into something awesome (laughs) (laughs) or like, you know, make it a synth part or something. Uh It it was crazy.
0: Yeah. And it's just, I've never had that, um, that same like writing experience at all. And so it could be a reason that that album, uh, you know, I mean, but it, that album really is like tied to that time period of oh, for sure. the type of the type of metalcore and whatnot it was just with that unique Browning sense. So uh, the one thing I did want to ask you about yeah. um, was... The I mean, you did know the Browning from whenever I was doing it, like during high school as a side project. Oh, yeah. Uh, But whenever you're joining the band, did you ever like full time? Did you I know we as a whole band kind of talked about this, but did you ever question like maybe we should change the name?
1: (laughs) I honestly didn't. I didn't. (laughs) I don't think of poop like I know. I don't either. Everyone thinks of poop. I get it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I get it now. In hindsight, well, I'm you're like, yeah, your father dead now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's all I get is the browning over here, dude.
0: <laughs> it's more green typically, but yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And so you never, no, never you never crushed, thought dude. like this is we should change this.
1: I I got a couple people that were like the browning. I'm like, yeah, you know, like the browning, like rotting fruit and stuff, like the rotting, you know, metal right. stuff.
0: Yeah. You know, now and, uh, I'll I'll try to search on YouTube for reaction videos to the Browning stuff. So I search the Browning reaction, and it's a bunch ooh, of stuff. A, of,
1: a downward spiral. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's a lot of stuff about like Browning meat. See, I was thinking something else. You know, just... <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> what shows up is Browning meat, like the what the chemical reaction of why meat browns is, and I'm just like, um,
1: does, it, does it sound pretty metal?
0: I you know, I actually haven't clicked on, I should click on a video and yeah, see. What, I, I
1: wouldn't. Okay. I I wouldn't. True.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I never really thought of it as such a weird, dire thing, but like, honestly, the name is like the, my biggest regret in my life. Like it really it's is. It's like
1: when you're in the moment, sometimes you're like, yeah, this is, this is a great idea. And then it's like, you look back and you're like
0: huh, that, that could have been a little different. <laughs> right. But I mean, to be honest, though, like if we, I mean, thinking back to our presence and our, the way we dressed and we acted, we did funny videos all the time. If we had some super serious metal name, it would have felt cornier. I feel oh, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we Absolutely. weren't, we weren't like serious to any degree.
1: Right. And like the, the studio updates uh-huh. and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: hmm. And uh, so I don't know. I think I think with a serious name, I don't I don't think it would have worked the same. I don't think it would have had the same vibe. Um, right. But maybe in the long run, it would. I think it probably would have worked out <laughs> a little bit better. It's maybe. It's
1: strange. It's strange that a, a band name can be a hindrance, but yeah. Boy, I feel like it can.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, um, like in moving forward into just when things started picking up, like. Because uh, a lot of people don't really, I don't know, think much about like the first touring experience. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. think about like the big stuff they do. But what the the very first tours that we did, um, I don't know what what was your overall kind of feeling? Like, was it awesome? Was it just crap? Was well, it-, it
1: was amazing to just be like, like actually touring consistently, doing shows day after day after day. Because in more than the Martyr, it's like we did shows, you know, but it was like once a month, once every two weeks, you know. It wasn't it wasn't completely steady like that. It takes getting used to. Like that bangover is no joke that first week. Man. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and it's like getting into the routine of, you know, in between sets Oh, we have this much time to do this. Like it's it's a lot different than, you know, local shows or shows just out of town where you can fiddle around it's not like hey you're cutting into your set time right now
0: yeah it's yeah definitely it's a whole different thing yeah and so it's like um it to you it just really did just feel good to just be out there playing shows you weren't worried about how like any of it was turning out you just wanted to be out there jamming yeah because it's like
1: i knew that it would it wouldn't be like oh, here's our first tour. We're going to play sold out, you know, a thousand people every night, you know, but, um, it was just cool to meet it, That's when you start meeting people and they're hearing about you for the first time and they're like loving it. And you start to get that feeling like, wow, maybe we are like really onto something here. Cause it's like, sure. Four dudes can quit their jobs and book a month long tour. Good chance. It's going to be a mistake to do that, you know, <laughs> but starting to get the feedback from people and the, i don't know it's like wow this might actually work
0: <laughs> yeah and i i those i remember those times a lot just because um i we used to hang out with the the crowd and the fans, like, nonstop. We were always interacting with everybody. And so, like, even to this day, whenever I go and play a lot of those early places, I still hang out with the same people from, like, 12 years ago. But I don't meet new people, really. It's always people from back then. But we kind of had people that every time we went to Des Moines, we'd hang out with the same people. You know, they turned from fans into friends, really.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's... It's like where was I going with this? Oh yeah, it's that was that was actually like probably my favorite part of touring is just meeting people and making new friends and you know just people wanting to hang out with you. I'm a people person, you know that. I that's all I've ever wanted was people to mm-hmm. <laughs> like want to hang out with me and I was like, This is it. I don't yeah. even have to try. They just <laughs> want to hang out with me right out of the gate.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean it just uh everything felt more I don't know. Personal. Maybe maybe also because there wasn't, you know, we were playing shows to freaking 10 people. Like a good show was like 50, like 40 or 50. Oh, yeah. oh, um yeah. for for a minute, even our first like band tour that we were touring with another band like Miles the Flames. Oh
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Even that tour. Us and like imagine if the Browning and like Miles the Flames toured together right now. <laughs> compared yeah. to how shot that freaking tour was like yeah, five people that was
1: insane
0: yeah and uh that was that was really whenever we started getting uh the ball rolling with getting management and because we got signed before we got management and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and it uh i don't know the that like miles the flames tour what was what's your main memory from that tour
1: other than know about fighting the
0: old dude yeah, exactly yeah <laughs>
1: That's probably my main. Um, that one was cool because was that not the was that not the House of Blues tour or was it?
0: No, that was the Metal Arise tour with the legion.
1: I remember the like Most of Flames one because it was kind of eye opening for me because you know I didn't know if oh wow this is our first real tour with real bands oh, this is gonna this is gonna be what changes everything there's it's gonna be people everywhere and and I was kind of like wow. It, not as quite as many people as I thought.
0: <laughs> yeah. but Yeah. It, it did kind of open the eyes to like, you can do a legit tour and still no one cares, you yeah, know? Yeah. Kind of bummer. <laughs> and that was, that was the, after that tour is when Cravey, the original guitarist left the band. Maybe, maybe yeah. that was one of the eye openers of like, yo, this isn't going to be as easy as you thought. You know,
1: or hear me out. Maybe that's why people started coming to our shows after that.
0: Oh, true. Thank you, Cravey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Cravy. That was that was a bit of a. I mean, that was a bit of. A, it wasn't a shock, but it was a major kind of a bummer because a it, it sucked for all of us. You know, before that, we're that's the work we're putting into maybe one day it not suck so bad, and. I don't blame him one bit. He had to do it at the time, but it kind of plants that seed in you, like, oh, well, well he quit. Well, you know, maybe, maybe I should start getting my real life together. (laughs) You know, now, or maybe I can do this. He's going to get a job and have a car again, and you know, (laughs) stuff like that. So it kind of planted that seed, and it was just, it was kind of a bummer to not have you know all four of us there. We were all in it together from the beginning.
0: Yeah, then we got stuck with freaking Colin.
1: God
0: bust. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> yeah, it's just, it's one of those things like early on in the stages, it, it really is probably rougher than most people expect. And I mean, it, um, I remember yeah. now, now it's now it's kind of a normal thing with the band. Like, I mean, we pay pretty good per diem every single day. People get money every single day. We do hotels Almost every day, every other. Oh, good. Right, God. and but back then, uh, you know, I was twenty years old trying to manage this money, which was barely A bunch of any, grown ups. Yeah, and it was just <laughs> we were. Um, everyone got two dollar menu items every meal. That was it.
1: Or got cigarettes that day. Back which when I you smoked. had one choice. Some days I chose to smoke. You know,
0: <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, it was hard to manage that. And it like going from like. In crazy situation, he was pretty financially stable at the time and he wanted to, you know, he's a smart dude. He had aspirations to finish college and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do I keep living in a van that's barely running, eating, you know, McDonald's and Taco yeah. Bell every meal? Or do I go actually like do this other thing? And so
1: exactly,
0: a lot of people probably don't. And it, it is... Uh, even me going, like, even though I was kind of quote unquote running the show, I was like, man, I don't know how this is possibly going to work. It's, it's rough, like big time. Oh
1: yeah. Especially after Cravey quit, it was like, oh no, he was the only responsible one. <laughs> Yikes.
0: Right. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. we, we kind of just strung stuff together, uh, of t- finding people that was willing to help in some way, shape or form,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, all right. Dog.
1: Boy, that sly dog, right dog.
0: Yeah, up. that's uh, he helped a lot, <laughs> like
1: a whole bunch.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it was this. Um, Noah had a friend that worked at venues, and uh, he had a van, and we were in desperate need of one of those. <laughs> and a trailer, right? He had a van and a trailer, and Boy, um, living it. You know, he was an older man. I think when he was torn with us, he was like forty or forty-two, something like that. Almost your age now, man
1: you don't have to you don't
0: have to talk about it like <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> uh, it's weird to think about that cuz like i'm way older now than you were when you were in the band it's just and
1: i was listening to your podcast the other day and you were like oh i'm now i'm 30 so, and i'm like no you 30 my and then i'm like you're really like you
0: getting old bud i know man it's crazy it's great. <laughs> but yeah ryan he you know he worked at a venue in san antonio and he came out and uh quote unquote tour managed us <laughs> and yeah, uh but he self-proclaimed yeah, but boy he toted us around everywhere yeah it was the biggest help possible i mean at that point if he didn't uh come along and do that i don't know how we would have toured how we would have done anything because yeah. we yeah, were I'm not sure what we would have done didn't he have lights too right and stuff? He, he had uh he had two everything. strobe lights Hey, that's lights, but that's lights. <laughs> that's two more strobes than we had before. You no, know, he was bringing a a freaking PA system mm-hmm. like all this cuz we were playing a lot of VFWs all back then. So, I mean, it really was just a stroke of luck that he was just like down with it, you know? Oh and, yeah. But I feel like a lot of starting out, it's a lot of situations like that, a lot of stroke of luck unless you come for money, which none of us did. Speaking
1: of stroke a lot, didn't old Rye fall asleep at the wheel a lot? <laughs> uh,
0: other definitely. Than that, <laughs> other than that. You know, we, we were good. We got there, unless if we're dead now. And I'm Sure. Yeah, we could be. I don't know. <laughs> but Yeah, man, definitely,
1: how long did he do that?
0: I mean, he was, I mean, he was rough It was quite it. a while. Yeah, he was yeah. rough and he he was one of those people that didn't want anyone driving his crap. And so
1: understandable. You know yeah. how I drive. You guys didn't let me drive our crap.
0: No. I and I'm <laughs> I'm kind of dreading this next tour we're going to do cuz I'm I'm going to be the only driver. <laughs> so I'm about to be in a ride dog situation, popping Skittles. In the <laughs> <room>. <laughs> honestly,
1: he was popping those Skittles. Huh?
0: Yeah, he really was. Dang. And I mean, literal Skittles. That's not a.
1: Yeah, not an innuendo. No. Uh, slang.
0: Yeah. Like straight That's up. He was uh like. He really would fall fall asleep sometimes at the wheel and, you know, we'd get woken up by some buzzers or...
1: You can't lie to the body, Johnny.
0: Yeah, I know. And... But you can try. <laughs> this one time, it was the, one of the funniest things <laughs> I think about all the time because... Um, I forget who was awake. I want to say, well, at the end of it, we were all awake, but the, <laughs> we, we hit buzzers and then someone yells, Ryan and look up and he's going straight towards the guardrail and he like slams the brakes, goes to the corner of the road and he starts acting like he was getting on the GPS. Like, Oh, I'm,
1: I'm going to fight out where we're <laughs> going. here." Yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to figure this out. You guys are just sleeping.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, he was like, you were sleeping, but big time. Hey, we
1: haven't discussed Cravey
0: flipping the freaking U-Haul oh yeah yeah boy <laughs> that was uh we were that was before we toured we were going down to austin to do a show and oh. um you know thinking back i used i used to make fun of this all the time because he was going to starbucks but if you knew how much starbucks <laughs> i get now uh oh yeah but He's laughing now, exactly huh? yeah he was turning into a, <laughs> a starbucks <laughs> And clipped like a three-foot curb. Oh, yeah. Flipped the trailer.
1: I remember, I'm like, what is going on right now? <laughs> like an earthquake, tornado, I
0: don't know. Mm-hmm. Flipped the the trailer. We run out there. Trailer's still attached to the van, but flipped completely on its side. Everything in it. Everything, all of it just there. I, we oh we got, so again, a stroke of luck. Somehow, we just all yeah. get on the other side of it, flip it back on its wheels, and drive off beast mode it and it was just fine (laughs) it was fine all the gear was fine and the ball was like uh, bent around the the hitch to where it's just we left it on there for like two months or something
1: (laughs) no a trailer came off of a hitch at one point right
0: yeah when me and Cravey went to go pick up the trailer that we when right when we bought it we literally pull out of the people's uh <laughs> pull out of the neighborhood it immediately pops <laughs> off the hitch slams into the back of the van
1: oh my gosh what were we doing
0: I, I don't know we didn't even know how to hook up a trailer and we're like we're doing it you needed some skittles is what you needed <laughs> true Ugh. yeah and ride with right. his skittles he would crack me up because the the problem he uh, was he was he,
1: <laughs> what i think about a lot remember when he put on that wig
0: Oh god, yeah. Oh my god, that was the best
1: moment of my life.
0: He's he's a hilarious character. He is. He
1: is, man. <laughs> he uh Gosh.
0: he was so scared about falling asleep at the wheel that he would then pull to a truck stop and we'd be like actually there like trying to fall asleep and he'd be laying back and he would panic wake up like oh, like grab the wheel <laughs> and like look around and realize he's not driving. <laughs> And he would like grab like three oh Skittles, put them in his mouth, and go back to sleep.
1: Oh man, I never knew if I was gonna make it to the next show. We always did.
0: Mm-hmm. We always well, and did. and also we we had bunks built in the back of that van, and uh, two of the people slept under the bunks, and so they're kind of in a, you know, you're you're in a box, so if oh yeah, you can't see nothing, you hear rumble strips, and you're just like, this is it, mm. here we go. Yeah, had a good run. <laughs> yeah yeah that oh, that was gosh. some crazy times um i th- i think about the um the world we knew tour all the time the inhale exhale world we knew tour
1: man it wasn't
0: dead and divine on that dead and divine yep exactly yeah the Dude, that one that one was pretty cool it was a good tour the shows were fun yeah. and the people were fun but we were breaking down every day it felt like was
1: that the one where we broke down in reno
0: Yes. The trailer oh, snapped in brutal, half dude. twice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we
0: had to freaking, we were driving into Reno. We were only like two miles from the venue and then the freaking, Ugh. the tongue of the trailer snaps and falls straight to the ground as we're driving. <laughs> so
1: didn't you guys what, hire a welder to come out?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we had to put the trailer onto a plastic cart that we used the loading gear, drove the rest of the way at the venue. And then when we got to the venue, we had a welder come out, freaking weld the, the neck back onto the trailer. Then Didn't when do
1: we a good job,
0: yeah. Did not do a good job. We went no. to leave and it went straight back to the ground. Boy. That tour. Yeah, and it, all of it was just, we got snowed into Cheyenne, Wyoming.
1: That's when, like, the uh, the sound dudes were, like, jokingly turning up and down the volume on The World We Knew set that night. Remember that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you tell that story. Oh my
1: god. Then, like, what's our guitar player's name? Tim? Yeah. Beast Mode. Dude's like a straight-up Viking. He just goes up to the soundboard mid-song. They're still playing and just hawks the fattest loogie right at these dudes and then flips (laughs) the soundboard over. And I was just like, well, show's over,
0: I guess. <laughs> yeah, these, these freaking dudes were like drunk screwing around. World Renew is headlining and they're like muting the soundboard and like Yeah, laughing. laughing about
1: it. Oh my
0: god. Yeah, that was uh that was a situation. And the cops came and we just got our crap out and it was uh yeah, I mean, but that you're best with a band from New York doing stuff Yikes. like that. Yeah.
1: Man. <laughs> it escalated quickly is what happened.
0: Yeah, very much so. And uh I was out of there. I was like see ya Yeah
1: we <laughs> kicked rocks real quick
0: Yeah and um Yeah I think about that tour all the time It was just uh it, the, it just was non-stop and it was the winter We went up north for who knows why Frank would do that but he did <laughs> And uh I just remember. Is that
1: one? That's not when Frank peed on me, is it?
0: No, that was when Frank was working okay. for us. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah, Jesse. I I don't know if that's the only time you've been peed on, but it did happen
1: by Frank. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, once John. by Frank that we know of, but yeah,
1: I yet had to have been on purpose. <laughs> So, it's like, you know he can get that in a milk jug, no problem.
0: Right, yeah. So Frank, he was the singer of the world we knew, and he started working for us after that tour for um, tour managing and merch. And we had this setup in the van at the time where we had two benches in the back, and then we had a big mattress in the whole middle. And oh, you, yeah. you were sleeping next to Frank. So,
1: yeah, because so I thought we were pals.
0: Not anymore. And
1: then what? He gets up for a midnight wizard. Something and pees on me. Yeah, I'm waking up.
0: He's peeing on me. (laughs) I'm.
1: He's like. I'm like. You're not peeing in the jug. You're peeing on me. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. He'll deny it. Watch him.
0: I bring it up to him every because I still talk to him a decent amount. I bring it up every time, and he's still to this day, ten years later, denying it. (laughs) Does he really? He does still. Love of God. Yeah, he thinks that he thinks we're messing with him. It's like you did that. No, I
1: wish. Do you think I want to tell people I've been peed on by a grown man?
0: And mind you, guys, Frank is straight edge. He was not drunk.
1: Yeah, so at least it was like not clear beer pee, right?
0: Yeah, but he wasn't like what other what he a, was other in his excuse? right mind? Yeah, what a, I think he did it on purpose. <laughs>
1: he, he would have to. He was sober
0: <laughs> now. Realistically, thinking to the situation, because I've I've peed in a lot of bottles. In my days, there's some.
1: Would you do it a foot away from somebody's (laughs) head
0: if you could spin around? No. You know what I mean? I wouldn't. For a lot of reasons, I wouldn't pee. uh, Not even a foot from someone's head. Right. And so. There are
1: far more reasons to not do it than there are to do it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm thinking that there was a weird pressure thing. And I'm not justifying it, but I'm thinking some pee, like, (laughs) missed it wasn't a splash it wasn't a splash like
1: out the side like it was it was straight from wiener to me
0: well yeah i guess i didn't see the whole thing i was just thinking maybe some was kind of coming out the side or something
1: but it's like oh now let me do this in here where it's supposed to go
0: (laughs) it's it's, it was a
1: little dark i'll give him that
0: yeah it was dark (laughs) we were all sleeping (laughs) at a truck stop or something so um but yeah, I won't let him live it down. So it, if definitely. you guys want to, uh, you know, tweet at uh, Frank TWWK and let him know that he definitely peed on Jesse. On purpose. On purpose. <laughs> on yeah. purpose, definitely. Make sure
1: you add that in.
0: <laughs> yeah. definitely. He could
1: have turned around. That's all I'm going to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he could have just gone outside. I wouldn't be peeing next to that many people. I wouldn't want anyone seeing my stuff like that, you know?
1: And it, like, awfully quiet in there. We're at least <laughs> yeah. getting to hear it, bare minimum.
0: Exactly. It's uh, God, it, a weird situation, but, I mean, at least it happened it to you and not warm. me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The, I, oh, man. I, I love, there was the, just those times, the the original lineup, and then even whenever Colin joined the band. It was fun, but it was freaking chaotic.
1: Well, and there was enough dead time for us to just try to entertain ourselves. You know, eventually it got to, it's pretty busy other than travel. Your sound, you know, it's it's busy at all times, especially when you got into doing more TM stuff and all that. Mm -hmm. But we just had time to kill back then.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's, uh, I think that's one big thing. People have a huge misconception on about touring is there's a lot of downtime. (laughs) <laughs> like a, a lot.
1: lot, I mean, didn't we we've felt oh, some of those drives, bro,
0: <laughs> yeah, what San Diego to Dallas in a straight shot we did um, we did that, and then we also did for ending the metal arise tour, we did San Diego to kansas City in it was like thirty eight hours.
1: Uh. I mean, I slept most of it and did no driving, but it still sucked.
0: <laughs> yeah. That tour was fun too. I mean we brought that was um Allegiance or Allegiant and The Devastated. And oh yeah. That was uh that was a weird one. That was like Live Nation wanted to host a, mm-hmm. a tour that was all House of Blue bands but with like no name bands. <laughs> so we ate so good. Yeah, but man was it rough playing in huge house of blues with like 30 people
1: well didn't we have dustin albright was doing that one with us right
0: yeah because colin was just joining the band Mm -hmm. and so he flew out played literally the last show oh yeah yeah. but dustin did the whole rest of it but yeah it was like it's so weird thinking back because i feel like house of blues would never do anything like that now not even freaking close they took no that didn't make sense to me Before or since, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. They just put us in these huge House of Blues rooms, three bands completely unknown. And I don't know. No, no one came. They thought that people were going to come out. They were like trying to give away tickets and everyone was like, no, thanks.
1: Yeah, they literally couldn't give those tickets away.
0: Yeah, but the, at that time, like we stated a minute ago, I mean, a, you got $2 menu items, but on this tour, mm. it was catered <sighs> by House of Blues. It was so nice. Oh, man. <laughs> we were getting like $14 cheeseburgers. Like, we're living oh, yeah. it up. <laughs> I was like, I want the most expensive thing you've got. I don't care what it is. And they were like, yeah, well, you only get like $15, so.
1: Yeah, and I was like, fair enough. I'll have a burger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: but still it was it was so sick we got like endless dr pepper it was oh yeah yeah living the dream
1: i remember that what update video we made and we we were at house of blues and you were like we need ramen tonight and dustin was like well i am (laughs) (laughs) What? why
0: right yeah that was that was i mean there's been so many um I don't want to say random people, but people that did like little stints for to fill spots like in, yeah. the, in the band in different ways. And Dustin was another huge help. Uh, Absolutely. I, yeah. Again, we are in a situation. We need a van and we also need a guitarist. And Dustin was like, well, I can play guitar and I do have a van.
1: Yeah. And, and he was like, let me just learn all of these songs real quick and then tour with you for a month straight.
0: Yeah, that's and, crazy. Yeah, and it's it just another one of those things that worked out. I mean, I, somehow maybe people just really maybe the name wasn't that bad and people thought it was cool. <laughs> that can't be it. That's not it. No, it's that's had not to be it. something else. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just uh, the. I, I don't know. I kind of feel bad for that situation just because he, he thought he was going to be full member and we were kind of mm. knew Colin was done it, but he did too. But we were deciding if we were to do two guitars or not. And it was just, uh, I don't know, yeah. one of those things. And
1: a lot was up in the air back then, I feel at that point.
0: All the, yeah, every, pretty much everything, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, who knows? Like, and it was so hectic too, just not even knowing if you'd make it to the next show because dustin put it in neutral driving down a mountain (laughs) like i don't know and or just if whatever random van i remember we were in uh one of our vans and it freaking whatever we was going on with the van the governor would kick in we could only go like 10 miles an hour uphills oh yeah and so just
1: diesel screaming by us (laughs) yes honking their horns like what are you
0: idiots doing it's just uh, at all times it felt like at any moment this could just end
1: <laughs> oh man yeah. it's like so many good things happened and like so many bad things happened like but at least the bad things were kind of minor things that could be easily fixed like first why was i using dustin's base amp on that one tour why wasn't i using mine
0: i think because your gear just sucked
1: yeah yeah it's probably it <laughs> well so i remember what he was letting us use his amp mm-hmm. and we were that was our tour with oceano yeah and it was the very first show of the tour <laughs> yeah and i'm like oh my gosh we're touring with oceano this is that was the biggest one in, for me yeah. i was like i love these dudes i can't believe we're touring with them we're opening up what first song you kick my chord in the amp gzz, boom on stage <laughs> falls over and I remember Dustin like, oh yeah, how's that? How's the amp? You guys taking care, of, t- taking care of it? Yeah, yeah, it's doing real good. And then what? He the next day was like, so I saw a YouTube video yep. of my amp being.
0: Was it was like, on oh, video. I'm so
1: sorry, dude. I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah, it was, it was one of those things where it felt the head fell off and then we just kind of threw it back up on top because we oh, were like, man. oh, we got to keep going. Kind of forgot We've about it. We had a
1: lot of those. I can't believe this just happened. While we're playing moments. oh, definitely a whole bunch,
0: <laughs> definitely. And uh, <sighs> that, that one, yeah, he hit us up and like everything's good. He was like, Yeah, how's my bass head doing? We're like, It's fine, great,
1: it is not falling over <laughs> or nothing.
0: <laughs> I eventually <laughs> I sent him so some bad. money for it, it wasn't broken, but I sent him some money because some stuff was dinged up and whatnot. So
1: I know, and I because like what a cool thing to do right here, borrow my. Very expensive equipment, just take care of it and boy, right out of the gate.
0: <laughs> Yikes. He was he was he was cool about it. And that that's another thing is too, no matter the situations that were happening back then, I do feel like we always were still happy, like in in the moment of what was going on.
1: Oh, at the the end of the day when we're playing and touring, there was nothing wrecking that for me. It was I loved there's not a single show we ever played that I was like, man, this, this sucks ever. I don't even care. Remember Italy, what? 10 people were there.
0: That was hilarious. I was
1: like, this is still rad. We're <laughs> still in Italy playing a show. Yeah. To and both of you people out there.
0: Definitely. And it was, uh, the, the European tour, that was definitely a, a a big one to get into. It was our first one. And, uh, it was just, um, I don't know. It it was a weird situation too, just like randomly getting that offer and making it happen. Man,
1: that one was definitely one of those stuff like this isn't supposed to happen to poor kids from Odessa, Missouri, <laughs> like moments for uh-huh. me. Like well and that brought the We Came as Romans thing, like full circle. The you know, seeing them play whenever you asked me if you know, I wanted to be in the band and being like, Wow, they did so amazing. I have to do this cut too but my last tour with you guys was with we came as romans i was like this is it this is the moment
0: <laughs> definitely and i mean that the tour again just uh getting it to was just a, a lucky thing we got we just started working with avocado which is the main european booking agency in europe and they finally sent us a tour offer and Man. it was with we came as romans uh, bless the fall. Stick to your guns. Uh, obey the brave. Obey the brave. Uh, uh, for the fallen dreams. Yeah. And and then, then some openers.
1: Right. Who was the uh, the DJ guy? Donley Rage.
0: Yeah, I would never have remembered that. So.
1: Do you remember it now?
0: Yes. Now I yeah he opened the tour. Okay. He was just a DJ. And
1: yes, and then who was the? There was the other band that Dangle was their drummer. He got left in like France or something.
0: <laughs> that was Italy. Yeah. The, yeah, that was there. I want to say, see, I know this isn't right, but I want to say a skylit drive, but <laughs> that's not right. And name. I wanted to say
1: like, I wanted
0: to say design the skyline, but that's not right. So sky is in there somewhere. So, yeah. Something like that. I don't remember their name. They didn't last long, but the, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it was just a crazy tour and we got offered it. And, Again, we freaking flat broke there and a lot of this oh, stuff yeah. costs money, especially flying five people to Europe, you know, or four people And to pitching Europe. in on renting a tour bus. Yeah. Cause you had to do the tour bus. And so, um, Yikes. I, I basically, I was taught at the time I was, um, living with Sean, who is my best friend. He was my best man in my wedding. He, uh, you know, he was the vocalist of mine and Jesse's band, uh, In high school, when I was in high school, and uh, I told Sean, Oh, stick to your guns was on the tour. And um, you said that. Oh, I did. Yeah, true. And I said to Sean, I was like, Dude, we just got the craziest tour offer, but like, I don't have, we don't have money to be able to go do it. And I told him it. And he goes, I'll pay for the flights. And so Sean, the, vocalist of this band that they didn't even want me in in high school (laughs) successful soccer coach yes yeah he's killing it right now big time he is he he freaking pays for our flights for our first european tour so that why wouldn't have to turn down the very first tour offer this big booking agency gave us
1: but it's like so many people had our backs that was another thing like it wasn't just us out there doing it. It was like us and everybody we knew, you know, that it was like helping us out here. I yeah, like,
0: definitely. And without, without all those people, like if Sean didn't do that and help, help us out back then like that, like, I mean, that tours big names in Europe. Like, so even with what happened in the States after with getting big tours and everything, like who knows yeah. that stuff might not have happened. Yeah, exactly. Had we not done that. And so like, shout out to Sean for helping just those big the big help just from everybody back then was so huge. And especially oh, yeah. Sean like he let me live with him for years and we're just, you know, still oh, yeah. to this day best friends. And it's just everything kind of was so formative for everything. And so that tour, um it was your last tour with the Browning, but your first yeah. time in your Europe, like you said, being from small town Missouri. Um Yeah. What's, that was uh, nuts. yeah. What's, what's your, I mean, I'm sure you have a, so many memories from that tour, but what was oh, so many like, you're very right. Whenever you got to Europe for the very first time,
1: it was unreal. First off, I, I was just so tired. I couldn't even think straight, but we kind of immediately went into playing shows like, right. We were there probably a day. And then
0: we immediately, we landed at eight in the morning, got on the bus, drove, and got to the show and i think we all were jet-lagged and we all woke up like way after loading like hey you guys are supposed to be like on stage and we're like oh crap bro like i remember that first show because the first one was in germany
1: and i remember like our intros go and blah blah we're coming up on stage and that curtain opening up and i'm like oh my god there's a lot of people here (laughs) like that was the first time i was like Almost had stage fright. Wait,
0: wait, because wait. Because there
1: were so many people.
0: The first show we ever did in Europe was with Full Force Festival.
1: Right. I'm talking the first one on um
0: on we came, Never on, Say
1: Die Tour. Yeah. Because it was probably what, like 3,000 people?
0: It was, it was a lot. I would say probably, it was probably like, yeah, 1900 or so.
1: Oh, yeah. It seemed like 10 million to me. At yeah. That def- point, oh, coming for sure. from over here. And that was like the real changer. I was like, this is insane.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it was that like, cause definitely seeing shows like that was never an option for us at that time in the States. No way. And seemingly we had like a really good amount of fans already over in Europe. Um, at the time. It was surprising. Yeah. And cause we, we did do one show before that tour in Europe. We did a festival, um, with full force. And the reason oh, yeah. we were able to do that is because the festival pays for all the travel. So that's why we were able to do that at the time. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean that was a freaking crazy experience too. Um, we played at midnight after uh Heaven Shall, Heaven Shall Burn. Burn. Yeah.
1: Dude that right there that one show is probably my favorite moment ever of band related anything.
0: Like yeah.
1: that was unreal.
0: <laughs> yeah cause, I mean even before we started uh remember the sound check. The sound check oh, has yeah. a few things to talk about. Um, oh my gosh the, I mean we we started sound checking, and people were like sprinting to the tent, yeah. and this was thinking like and we are starting, yeah, they thought we were starting, <laughs> so there's like there was no one in this whole tent area, and the by the time we were like done with this song, there had been like five hundred thousand people sitting out there like hardcore dancing, <laughs> yeah, and it was crazy, yeah, think when we were starting our set, and we were like, no, 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 we're just sound checking. We'll see y'all in an hour. And uh, yeah. one of my favorite. So we haven't even talked about this yet, but um, yeah, you already know. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: we're getting to it.
0: <laughs> the Jesse, <laughs> very known for his high quality, um, <laughs> high world quality. Renowned. Yeah, world renowned <laughs> for his high quality equipment and (laughs) and playing abilities and playing abilities (laughs) yes uh so much so when we were sound checking at this big huge festival (laughs) they start oh my god they say can i get bass jesse starts playing and the sound guy goes is it supposed to sound like that
1: (laughs) i was just like uh i guess (laughs) (laughs)
0: how how long did you go without changing your strings
1: I never changed them unless they broke. I'm not even joking. Yeah, I think. I mean, I would like play a set and my fingers would be brown from rust.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and I think no joke. I think it was legitimate, like no joke, like almost a year. Oh yeah, without changing strings once, and I don't even know. This is this is what's so crazy about the early parts of our career it's like we really just uh i don't know how everything ended up so good with how kind of shot we were
1: oh yeah we were not prepared
0: yeah but like i don't know maybe back then it didn't really matter that much because we're (laughs) the the string sounded so dead but but we were like well you know what it's good because it just gives the low end like
1: and it, it sets us apart from other bands. Their bass sounds good, ours does not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you look good. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's really what we are going for. Hey, man, that's
1: almost no joke. Like, I've played full sets where our intro song i would go down and break my cord off in my guitar and i would just go back and shut my amp off and finish the whole set yep (laughs) no one knew it looked great sounded better probably probably (laughs) yeah it was just
0: the the bass tone was kind of just like a i don't even probably not even that good probably (sighs) didn't have that much bass to it
1: that was giving it a little too much
0: it, it's it's hard to stunk. say because now it's really standard to, uh, in the metal to have like very distorted bass. Mm. And I think yours was literally just like a thud. Even if you did like a big open to hold it out, it like stopped after.
1: It would stop. Yeah. As if I was palm muting. It exactly. For
0: sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was rough.
1: <laughs> it's like you could never duplicate that sound.
0: Yeah. So completely unique to the Browning. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> And I think uh the base you were using it was like a Schechter base. It was like a oh yeah like a hundred and fifty dollar base too. Oh
1: yeah. That was a lot of money back then.
0: Yeah. yeah. Definitely. You know how many ramens I could have
1: got with that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that yeah, that's like four months worth of ramen. Dude, that show was just a absolute trip because it
1: was the first time I mean we got like the full this is backstage experience. Yeah. It's like I just stood in line to get biscuits and gravy next to Jonathan Davis in his PJs. <laughs> like it doesn't get crazier than that. Yeah. Like, all you can drink. Yeager tent boy mistake. <laughs> I was the only one at it at the time, but
0: True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was, we were, you know, had green rooms next to all these huge bands, you know, seeing our name on this, like a uh, changing room next to, you know, behemoth or something. Yeah. It's it just like that moment. Like, really? Are we right here? Like,
1: yeah, no, I'm like head just took one of our shirts yeah. and he's, he's wearing it. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. It, it's all just so, um, it's, it's those moments that you're like, somehow this is working. And somehow, I don't know, people know us whenever we got done with our sound check. Um, there's dudes at the front standing at the gate that were like, come down here. And they flew yeah. from Syria To see, I remember that, actually. Yeah, they flew from freaking Syria to see us at that concert. That's insane.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And that was another one of those nights where it's like luck just kind of happened to us because it's like heaven shall burn, finish their set. And we're like, okay, it's going to be go time. People are coming in. Then it starts raining like crazy. Yeah. And it's like, where are you going to go when it's raining? Under the tent.
0: Under the tent. Which was at our stage. It was complete. the whole tent was completely filled. But the crazy thing too, because we were like, oh, this is, this is lucky. But before we started, we had no backdrop, nothing on the stage Uh with our name at all. So, but the crowd started chanting the melody to Bloodlust.
1: I couldn't believe, I I think about this moment so often, and I swear it gives me chills every time I even think about it. Because I remember me and you standing behind my amp and they're all chanting it. And we're just looking at each other like, how do they know this exactly? And I was like, "Hey, man, did you ever think that crappy little electronic side project, whatever, amount to this?" And it's like you didn't even say anything. You just looked <laughs> right in my eyes, and I was like, "I got to go out there."
0: Yeah, I do remember. <laughs> I do remember you saying that. And it, it's, oh, that was beautiful. It's um It's just weird to, I don't know, think back and be like, like how how did it all work? And really, like even this whole conversation, everyone can kind of tell. It's like I don't know maybe but, I know. but we were determined like maybe it was through determination like a lot of people wouldn't have taken those leaps a lot of people maybe would have given up when oh we don't have a van oh we can't do the tour oh you've missed the opportunity you're done
1: yeah a lot of people and this is the thing we grinded i know every band grinds you you got to grind to make it you just have to but we Really grinded. I mean what we were playing what two hundred and eighty shows a year. Yeah,
0: it was it was nonstop. And I mean nonstop our first tour, we didn't even have a van. We freaking put a trailer hitch on Cravey's Honda Accord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: so, yeah.
0: Our first tour was in a Honda Accord with a U-Haul trailer. Man. Yeah. It
1: was so much
0: touring. It was. For years. Mm-hmm. I think that's what eventually kind of burnt me on it. Yeah, probably. I mean, and even especially at that point there, you know, even though yeah. we were doing a big, a big European tour and we were getting a lot of tours in the States at the time, too, it still at that point felt like, dude, we're never going to make money from this. <laughs> well, because there are bands that are
1: good and just grind, grind, grind and do their little headliners all year long. And it's like, for some reason, I don't know if it's just luck or what it's, they're just always limited to their little headliners.
0: Yeah. You know, definitely. I'm not trying to
1: like downplay it by saying little, but it's like, they're not, you know, going on these huge tour packages with born of Osiris and the Amir, Like,
0: yeah, exactly. And, and that was, I was actually just, I mentioned this all the time to my wife because I said back then, um, cause yeah, we, we toured with a lot of bands like that. They were, you know, in the mid thirties. And they were doing tours, playing to 20 people. And I'm just like, I said to myself back then, I'm like, when I'm their age, if I'm not freaking huge, there's no way I'm doing this. Um, And it's like at that point, you got to just be doing it just because it's what you really like to do. Get away from normal life for for just a month or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, to me, I, I am very, very passionate about music, but at this point I could get my passion through just writing music rather than having to tour. But I guess maybe that's from how much touring we've done. And so, I mean, um, even looking back, so you've been out of the band for how long now? I'm thinking
1: 2012 was the last tour, right? Was that never say die?
0: Yeah yeah so yeah so it's been 10 years 10 years yeah yeah and so 10 you know 10 years later after your last tour experience you look back and uh well and you you flew out you did another festival with us because colin got his passport stolen but uh i hope
1: he gets it stolen again
0: (laughs) (laughs) and uh so like looking back 10 years after, because here's the thing is um, a lot of people, they don't really hear from someone 10 years after they're, they're um They've stopped doing music right. in this way. So like looking back 10 years later, I mean like what's your thoughts on it? Man, it's been,
1: it's honestly like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Like, and it's like, I kind of, I kind of don't talk about it much. Like I, I have, there's some people I see on a regular basis at work and it's like, I'm not going to be, Oh, I was in a band. I toured the world. Blah. Cause it's, and sometimes it will come up, Oh, what's this? I hear you were in the band and I'm just like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> Cause it's no one can fully understand the depth of it. They're yeah. like, Oh cool. You played Joe's crab shack on a Thursday night <laughs> right. or or they always boil down to this. Oh, hey, what this? I heard you played with corn. Like, that's what I did. I played with corn.
0: Like, yeah, no, it's. Yeah. And I, I honestly hate the conversations about band stuff with um, people that don't necessarily like, like you said, grasp it. Because yeah. the last thing I, w- I want to do is talk about myself in the sense. And then also, no matter what. I do feel like like no matter how legit your band is, when someone hears that they automatically think you're like a loser.
1: Hey, tell you what, how about meeting your girlfriend's family in Texas for the first time? And they're all like, what do you do? And you're like,
0: I'm in a band. Exactly. Yep. (laughs) They're
1: like, huh? Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's the, and, uh, it It is rough and they, it's hard to talk about it in a serious way, of like, it is. And, and, well, so. and
1: also, like you said, I don't like to like try to sound like I'm tooting my own horn or anything. Uh-huh. So it's like, there's no way to talk about it without sounding like that. Oh, so you, uh, played in a band. That's cool. Uh, um, played with corn. Yeah, that's great. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be like, well, it's more than that. Like, we were signed by a major label. All of our CDs were in Hot Topics. So we're on, spotify and weave this and that i don't want to do that yeah (laughs) it's like you either know the band or you don't
0: and so does it does it feel like a because i mean even to me thinking back to that time it feels like another life somehow
1: it definitely does it definitely does i can't believe i did it
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and i mean the thing too like i mean your whole life right now was formed from those times as well because you met your wife from being down there. I met Callie down there. Yep. Yep. And so it's like even, and that's one huge thing about the band that I think about all the time is the, I mean, not only how different my life would be, but a lot of people's lives were affected in such a positive way. um, Oh yeah. From being involved in it. I mean, It's, um, but again, it's, that's the leap of faith to where it's like, Hey, I'm going to go do this positive thing and have fun and put myself in a good position and you're having fun. And then you meet good people and you, you know, just a big life changing thing and always shapes and forms. Like if you didn't take that leap of faith, your life currently would be so insanely different.
1: It really would be in, in a lot of different ways. I mean even to the extent like now if i don't have some travel plans in my future i'm just like I, i'm not doing my life right like i've got to have some like traveling so much and then coming back. so before that it's like i just had my little life in my little town and that's just what i was going to do forever and me and my friends we don't leave that's what that's not what we do and i was okay with it and now i'm just like i look back and i'm like how was i okay with just that
0: yeah because you when you so join the band you saw the world and yeah so, and
1: I'm like there's so much to offer like there's so much to see and do and experience it'll really change you it, it was hard adjusting to normal life you know I went from touring so many days a year 200 some, close to 3 and then it's like now I quit I'm delivering pizza and I sit in my apartment and that's it. And it was really strange getting back into normal life. Also, I had a four year gap in job history. I, I didn't have a car. I sold everything <laughs> yeah. to join. So it was like, man, this is, it was
0: weird. And it took a lot of getting used to. And I do think about, because I'm kind of in the same boat, even where, you know, whenever COVID hit, like I had to figure out something that, and it it then just led back to me traveling again full-time and Mm -hmm. so like i'm traveling now and so i really do think it kind of instills this thing into us to where it's like i have to be on the move or at least doing something to go see something um yeah it just becomes and i i think a lot about um our first time as a band going like over towards uh california hitting the mountains and like kind of the grand canyon area and um, I know, it's nuts. And so, like, us, like, think think about it from our perspective, where me and Jesse both grew up in, in Missouri. You know, you see cornfields and everything else is pretty much bleak. Yes. <laughs> and uh, then us trying to do this thing, and then we're standing on a desert mountain looking over this, like, big, yeah. vast stuff. And I think about that all the time. We took pictures together as the full band. I, I think about the one for metal arise all the time that we used on that tour blog. Oh yeah. Of us all standing there with lunchbox and Dustin like yelling in the background or whatever. Yeah. Is that
1: Grand Canyon? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and it's just, um, I don't know. It, I, and I, I was young back then, but I, I didn't feel as young as I really was. You didn't act that young either. Yeah. And you I you acted older than me, <laughs> but like looking back at it, like, Really, those moments are kind of the ones that you still want to kind of capture, like still to this day, even in a different situation. Absolutely. And and you guys just did a big trip out there, didn't you?
1: Yeah, we just went to Yellowstone and, but, um, I don't know, a bunch of places up there. It was great.
0: Yeah, you did a long, it was a long <laughs> trip and you guys did a bunch of bike long. riding and everything.
1: Yeah, hiking and camping a lot. Bear tried to get in our truck. Really? Yeah, there's like bear, like paw marks on the outside of my truck. We like wake up and we hear something rustling and we're like, oh, we'll just go back to sleep. And there's like bear paw marks on the side of our truck. They were trying to get our food. And that was inside the truck. It was trying to get it. Yeah, it was in the truck. The food was.
0: (laughs) And uh, so you guys were out in Yellowstone, like straight up in tents, like no cabins or anything. No, just tenting it. Yeah. With the kids. Oh, Yeah. Dang, you you're putting them on the line, dude.
1: I was, yeah. I was gonna toss Felix out and run and lock myself in the truck. <laughs> no, yeah. No, they handled it well too. I was nervous because it's like you know everyone's kids now. They just play video games and that's all they're they're always on their phones. Uh-huh. So I was like, Ollie's gonna hate life out there with no Wi-Fi or so he didn't care. He loved every single moment of it. That's and he, awesome. he talks about all the time. That's all he wants to do. It's
0: well, great. And that, yeah, that's sweet too, that you're, um, cause I mean, shoot, I mean, whenever I was young, there was no option of going out and traveling, you know? Oh dear God, no. And yeah. And so like now you're even giving your kids that, that travel bug, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's kind of what
0: our whole goal was
1: there with that. It's like, you know, and it's not just my family. I don't know anyone whose family takes them on, you know, whole family yeah. vacations, you know, not my group of friends anyways. And Callie's family didn't really do that much. So we were like, we want to do something for them that, you know, we never got. Because we're to the point in our lives where we can do that now. Yeah. And, man, it was wonderful.
0: Where Where else are you trying to go next?
1: I, we're going to go to Grand Canyon next.
0: There you go. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. And, like... I don't know it it's have you been back since you've been on tour to that area? Have to
1: the Grand Canyon yeah. area? No, honestly I haven't really I haven't let's see. We went to Roswell me and Callie did <clears throat> for a week. <clears throat> that was really awesome.
0: Didn't um, you go to the UK?
1: So yes, we went and spent a month in the UK like backpacking. Literally just in a car, backpacking my buddy Danny. Remember meeting Danny over, by the way? Yep. So when we were on Never Say Die, I met my homie Danny. And he followed us to a a second date. And I was just, we hung out all night. And I was like, hey, man, you ever come to the States? You know, swing by and say hi. And he's like, yeah, mate, sure. We'll cut to a couple years later. He's like, hey, I have a layover in Denver. I'm going to come visit you and just say hi I'm like that'll be great well he ended up basically staying a couple years and like got paid cash under the table at my job and then he had to go back home and he's not allowed back in America oh he might finally be Yeah. but I'm just like you just lived here yeah so we went there for a month and visited him
0: backpacking
1: I went to Costa Rica for a month Yeah. it's like I would have never done any of this stuff had I not traveled you know with the band
0: yeah. And I mean, it's, it's cool. This, like, like I said, these things that happen just by putting yourself in, in a good spot and, and being out there in the world, experience stuff, meeting so many different people. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, you met him on, on that European tour and then yeah. it was a huge other part of your life after that. It's just, I don't know. I, oh, yeah. I really um, wish people would take like some leap of faiths like that a lot more often just to experience <clears throat> something.
1: Oh yeah, it was a crazy like, you know, for him to even come over here like how, how crazy is that? That changed his life forever. I mean, it's just the the littlest, the littlest things can end up being the the biggest deal. You know
0: exactly. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, I, are, are you writing music?
1: I haven't really even thought about music since the day I quit. Like, <laughs> I've probably played guitar three times in the 10 years since I quit.
0: You want to join the band? <clears throat> I don't have to know how to play to be in the band. But you already know that. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse's the best mediocre musician ever. <laughs> hey, you've once told me
1: I was the best mediocre at everything. Because it's like, I'm not a good skateboarder. I'm good enough to beat you, but hey. I'm not good. It's like
0: <laughs> hey that's
1: another thing that's like crazy after i quit i say another thing as if we were talking about it switching it up on you so it's like one of the reasons i was just done with it was just towards so much so much so much it burnt me out a bit and it got to the point where you know we'd be like oh we're gonna go overseas and i'd be like oh whack i don't get signal there you know and it's (laughs) like you shouldn't have that mind frame if you're doing it so but now it's like you guys play. What?
0: How often you pre-COVID? How often did you tour? Uh, about three, four months a year. That's
1: ridiculous. And it's those are the times that I'm like, I could, I could have done that.
0: Yeah, shiny. right. <laughs> that I not
1: consecutive.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I'm at the point now where especially like post-covid touring, it's really hard cuz whenever you're you're locked cuz I have now for the first time in my life lived a "quote unquote" normal life like it, to me normal probably still a little different than uh a lot of people live like but i mean still i'm with my family a hundred percent of the time currently my daughter's used to me being here wife's used to me being here i'm used to being around them so like right now my plan is doing like two week stints at a time spread over the course of like a couple months
1: could you imagine going overseas at this point say next week and not talking to your family at all for a solid month
0: no it would be no it wouldn't be possible no one would be happy definitely exactly
1: and that's kind of where I was at too on you know things I was just like I I can't do I can't do that and
0: and you had a second kid on the way at the time too absolutely and, absolutely and so that was a big thing it was um man this is this is not easy and it's there's no money involved and you got a second yeah. kid on the way and if, i think felix i'm sorry i think oliver
1: was born by the time i didn't ever say die
0: yeah yeah <clears throat> he was he was definitely out because uh, we had and a big talk like, with, with um old girl about it and everything
1: yeah and i would get like one picture every four days when we got wi-fi and <laughs> yeah. you didn't need the laptop and it was like it ripped every ounce of my soul out like it's, i was like it's I, hard it is especially when it's like i'm not bringing home the bacon you know <laughs> yeah. and that, that didn't matter you know for the longest time it wasn't about that but after so many years it's you gotta start you start thinking other than this being a fun thing that i'm doing why
0: yeah, you at some point it, it has to have some sort of benefit besides fun because unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, it it does become not as fun. Um Correct. And so, well, it's like
1: you guys had side hustles that you could. I'm not very computer savvy. You guys were getting into when you were doing reforce and yeah, stuff, per, and you guys could yeah. what mix bands, master You could do other things for money. Not I. <laughs> like, I had no.
0: You could have. It just would have been a little scandalous, probably.
1: Sure. Yeah it's on my body hey. yeah.
0: <laughs> and yeah definitely I, I think it's completely necessary for any musician to have another way to make money outside of music you can't survive without it and so it's uh, it, it just made a lot of sense at the time and things were really up right then so it was a, a good time for you to end it on such a good note with the, with the We Came as Romans tour
1: yeah absolutely and like you know, it's and I knew you guys had bigger things and it wasn't like, oh, I quit the band and now you guys are making money. It's like <laughs> you had the whole next year planned that you are so far ahead of what anybody knows is going on with that band. You already like have it planned out. And it's like we all we knew where the band was going. It it wasn't like this is just where we're going to be forever. Yeah. So, you know, I had a lot of I had a lot to weigh a lot to weigh out.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I'm just glad that uh, still to this day, I mean, I just met with Noah today, actually. Um, uh, wee wee, I love him. Yeah. Oh, he hated that wee- that nickname. He
1: sure did. And I make sure to call. <laughs> Should him Should I that. call like, him, him next I time to- I see
0: him? <laughs> he, it would catch <laughs> him so off guard. Like, oh yeah, because I can tell. We always nicknamed each other in some different ways, but a lot of times you would call someone something, then you would break that down, and then you'd break that down, and then and so to
1: its most dumb version. Yeah. And like, the more they hated it, the more we were like, this is it,
0: exactly. And so. <laughs> Noah Noah went to No Wee, No Wee, and then went to Wee Wee. Wee Wee, yeah. <laughs> and like, could you imagine
1: we're on tour with these bands and I'd be like, Wee Wee, and he would be like, what's up? And they're looking at us like, what the
0: fuck yeah, is happening? We started telling uh, <laughs> other people in bands to start calling them Wee Wee. Yeah. It was, oh. it was hilarious to us. Well, we were... Colin like de
1: evolved to Wombus at one point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Colin, <laughs> Colin went from Colin to Kaliwali Wombat to Wombat yeah. to Wombus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is though, I never had a nickname.
1: I don't think that I did either.
0: I don't think you did either.
1: I, I mean, we would try to be like,
0: uh, CC, and we're like, that doesn't work. It didn't work. No. Yeah. That, that wasn't funny at all.
1: No. Nah. Still
0: not funny. No, yeah, no. He's doing stand up comedy now. Not going to work. Cece was not a good nickname. No. Yeah. I never had one. The Colin started calling me Jim towards the end. I don't know. I don't don't know how I feel about that. I
1: don't like
0: it. Yeah. But yeah, it I mean we were just ridiculous. the the amount of times like some of the best memories on tour because there's moments on tour, especially when it's hard that you just like you kind of just don't want to be around anyone, but you don't have an option, and then you do get you know you kind of talk crap about everyone to your significant other or whatever, but then oh, yeah. you're all still just sitting there having a good time. And the some of the, my favorite moments from back in the early days was. Like late night, us pull over to a truck stop, everyone's delirious, can't really sleep, and then just start dying laughing over the stupidest crap. I could never (laughs) tell you what any of them were. At some points
1: we would just be making noises at each other yeah. like children and just dying.
0: Definitely. Like yeah, it was noises yeah. or faces or
1: Noah's triangle mouth, dude. I love it so
0: much. <laughs> and I just think about that all the time. It it really was like being in like a little boys camp, but just like maybe like a decade and a half too late.
1: Yeah, and just I, I stunk that van up like nobody's oh God. business.
0: No, you weren't know the stinkiest thing. I have sweaty was? feet. Yeah, true. What? The stinkiest thing, <laughs> and this is, involves you too. Oh, great! When well, I mean, you were involved, but you weren't the culprit. Um, okay, good. The because I'm like, we can talk about your death stomp after this if you want. No, no, we won't talk about okay. that. Okay, okay. Uh, I Go have on. publicly admitted to that, but we're okay. past that now. That's uh, as far as it goes. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> the. We went to freaking our first time to Florida, West Palm Beach, and Lunchbox decided to grab a big piece of coral (laughs) that he was going to take home to his mom. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it was in, uh, I don't remember what van we were in, but there was no floorboard. So it was metal. And Lunchbox decided to take this piece of coral and have it underneath the bench on the metal during the middle of the summer right it
1: smelled like straight rotting corpse in there fish. yeah
0: and he wouldn't let anyone throw it away so what did you do with it
1: <laughs> i don't recall
0: i remember
1: what did i do with it we
0: were in a parking lot <laughs> and um i don't remember where we were but it smelled like rotten fish and all this and he was like i'm taking that home to my mom she's never been to the ocean and, and they're like, it smells so bad. And you're like, you were just yelling at him about it stinking so bad. And you grab the rock and he's like, no. And you like chuck it off of this big, huge like balcony into a field. And he was like, no! I just had enough. Yeah. You just, you chucked it. Oh, man. That, that was, sounds like me. Yeah. That was one of the worst smelling situations. Yeah. Yeah, but... <laughs>
1: it was tight quarters in there, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it, it's crowded. Everyone has, like, two bags, and then shoes are off while you're driving, and everyone's feet stink, and then Lunchbox has a freaking rotting fish piece of coral.
1: And it, it's like, I tried to help the situation. It's like, I would wear my shoes as little as possible. I would go in, walk through <coughs> venues, doing sound check, no shoes on. Mm-hmm. People are like, why aren't you wearing shoes? I'm like, I'm doing all these guys a favor, when right. I go back. Like... It was, and sometimes it's hard to shower, bud. Big time. A lot of times. Let's not get <laughs> ourselves. Hard to shower on tour. Yeah. Back in those days, anyways.
0: Yeah, not no more.
1: How'd we get hotel rooms every <laughs> other <hour>? That's <laughs> ridiculous.
0: Right. I couldn't imagine that thinking back to back then. We were, we, we. I wasn't responsible enough to have a hotel room every other night. We never did hotel rooms at the beginning, ever. It was like maybe once a month.
1: Yeah. And we would all four pile in one little bed and it was heaven.
0: Uh-huh. I remember, yeah, the, after our, I think it was our first day at, with Full Force, um, or no, when, whenever we did with Full Force the first time, with Full Force was paying for like one room for each person, right? Or we, something like that. Where yeah, they guffed. Yeah.
1: They goofed. But then. I was going to all those rooms, th- taking those complimentary alcohol y- your bottles. You <laughs>
0: were. And uh, then whenever we had to. Leave. We got our own hotel room, but we could only afford one, so all of us were sleeping on one bed.
1: <laughs> I remember that. That was some little town in Germany. That's when um we ate the best Chinese food ever. Yes. In Germany,
0: I'll never forget that Chinese. Oh, food. oh do you remember the? Espana. Uh, yep. <laughs> Yeah, I do. It was, uh, it was the day of, um, the world cup. Is that what it's the called? The soccer super bowl. Yeah. The soccer world series. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Spain, So all these people, like, again, we're from, we're in America. We don't see stuff like this. So we, was, we were
1: unaware it was even going on.
0: Yeah, for real. No, no clue in this small town in Germany and all these people are huddled. There's like 20 people huddled around a TV, like in a cafe, like going crazy. And, uh, Spain won, And Uh yeah, this (laughs) Utah, we're
1: like walking out of the Mm -hmm. restaurant and there's just like people everywhere going nuts. And was it in my mind? And this could be exaggerated over time. It was what some, I think it was two people on a motorcycle, some girl holding the flag,
0: just screaming, That's exactly what it was.
1: Yes,
0: I'm so glad. <laughs> it was like I a was little like, something magical happened today. Yeah, it was. It was like slow mo, and so yeah. <laughs> it was uh, the dude. It was like a moped type thing, like a Vespa. Yeah, and definitely not a Harley or none of that jazz. No, and <laughs> yeah, so he was driving, and she was on the back, had the flag above her head flying in the air, and going, yeah. "Espana." <laughs> <laughs> And then everyone on the side of the streets was yelling it back at her. And it, it really was just like a movie moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was crazy. And and just, it's those moments that I don't know, we, we never could have experienced in any other type of situation. Right. I, I wish that like, I think Europeans and, and no matter where you're from, you kind of lose the, the mystique of where you're from or the, the, I don't know how nice oh, where sure. you are is from, but like, really from our perspective the town you grew up in mayview right
1: boy population 279
0: yeah 279 people middle of missouri like i mean you can't imagine thinking about being in a small town in germany with spain winning the super bowl
1: (laughs) eating the best chinese food ever like walking down the sidewalk just like a dopey idiot like why am I here (laughs) yeah and then dude that's kind of the reason that (sighs) tour to me was I feel like it was different than anyone else in any other band cause it's like every single day I was like some lucky kid that snuck backstage at a (laughs) concert and was Mm -hmm. just living his best dream and it's like I would go so far out of my way it's like I didn't have much to offer people other than you know I'm playing a show but it's like I'm going to make somebody's night tonight. Uh-huh. I don't care who. And it's like, I would see a random kid with a static X shirt and they'd be like, not even know who I was or not give a crap about my band. And they'd just be like, Oh, this is my first concert. I just love them so much. And I'm like, cool. I'm going to get you up stage side to see them. And they're just like, what? And I'm like, yeah, come with me. So there I am, you know, guard. So he's with me, get him up stage side. I just go on about my business. And you know, I would do things like that as much as I could. It all stems because I used to go to shows constantly. That's kind of all we did here in Missouri. And I remember my favorite band in the world, the youths at the time I was going to, I seen them at warped. They're the only reason I went and I braved the heat to get up front and, you know, waited forever to see them and Bert and their guitar player were walking by. I'm holding my little marker and my pen. I'm like, Hey, can <laughs> you please sign this? You're the whole reason I'm here. And their guitar player's like, we don't have time for that. And they just kept walking. And I'm just like, how hard would that have been? You would have made my whole life in that moment, you know? Right. And I think about things like that and I'm like, I'm not gonna be that guy. Like I've yeah. you know, f- f- some kids would be like, Oh, I love Bless the Fall. Can you get me their autograph? I'm like, Yeah, give me your paper. I would go back, hunt them all <laughs> down one by one, some kid wants your autograph.
0: Yep. That I, I I was doing that even up to like three years ago. I just I feel like it was so personal for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was a lot more personal than, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm sure other bands feel the same way maybe, but sure. I do think that coming from bo- like both of us, such a poor background and from oh, yeah. being from Missouri specifically, it's not like we're from Hollywood or Chicago. Um right. We're in, from the middle of nowhere, Missouri. It's just, there wasn't this kind of stuff. And so it felt like such a, I don't know, such a different experience than I, and just, Thinking about being behind the stage and there's 5,000 people in the tent chanting your, your song, yeah. waiting for you to come out. And it's just like, it's it's unimaginable. And thinking back to it, I'm like, man, how? Like, it, it is crazy. Exactly.
1: Well, and especially like the point in my life and my age, is like, I already accepted that that wasn't in the cards for me. Like, that's, I, even if I was to get lucky, I'm 27 now. Like, this, that doesn't happen. So I was really like, seizing that moment for sure
0: yeah and that's it's a good sign to show people like you're not necessarily stuck you just have to again to, if you're capable don't like don't be scared to take that huge leap of faith go for it
1: yeah no joke it's like not only was I just kind of settled in my life I mean I was a high school dropout I I just cooked food that's all you know I wasn't even I didn't feel like I had the opportunity to get out when really, I just kind of dicked off most of my childhood and stuff, but it's like you just gotta take a chance sometime i I knew it was a once in a lifetime chance, and I just went for it and it's like worst case scenario I would be back where I was you know already i I didn't really have much to lose by by
0: trying that, so And I think, I think a lot more people's situation is like that. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of times people could go, you know, take a risk for, you know, six months or whatever, see what happens and they could just go back to what they're doing. Most people. Right. Exactly. And, um, so definitely I think it's a, a a huge thing that people could look at this and be like, you know, I'm 27 and you know, maybe I don't have kids yet. And so, yeah, maybe I should take that, take that leap or just go for it. And so. I don't know. I think
1: you'll always wonder, you know, I would have always wondered what would have happened if I, if I didn't, you know, and then I would see you guys growing and get doing things. And I'd be like, wow, I should have did that. I had the chance.
0: Right. Yeah and I I think about it too of like if I if I would have given up at any point throughout that process or not had the right people around me like you know Sean or whoever or the Correct. the people starting the band or if my sister wasn't as supportive like you got to surround yourself with good people and definitely the the original line of the band was the perfect situation to get the to get the rounding up and going and I think about it all the time and you're you're always like um the, the person I looked back and thought like, thank God Jesse was there. (laughs) so (laughs) Yeah. It was
1: just, I mean, even to me, just, I live in Dallas. Whoa. Like even that was just as crazy as like, Oh, I'm going to Europe. It's like, I never, I'm living in Dallas. What that a tiger (laughs) got out of the zoo last night and it's roaming around downtown. Like what's (laughs) happening right now.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. And so even
1: those days in the studio, I look back at those and, they sucked at the time, I feel, but, man, we made the best of it. So many
0: games of skate. <laughs> we did skate a lot. So, many. And I beat you every time.
1: That's absolutely false. No,
0: I <laughs> drove you to rage quit. I beat you this. every time. This is That's this is true. another uh, Frank P Omni situation. I'm denying it
1: 100%. Okay, well, we can just, we'll just freaking live stream a game of skate sometime. Oh, God, here we go.
0: <laughs> he goes with this again. You, both of our ankles just snap immediately.
1: Man, I'm telling you what, I you went to the skate go. park with my kiddos like a month ago, and they're on their little Razor scooters, and I'm like, the old man's going to show you. Right out of the gate, I slip out of this nose slide, put my hand down behind me.
0: <laughs> I'm never getting on a skateboard again. Dude, I I did a similar type of thing. God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it's like all these kids are
0: around like, this old boomer just noodled himself. Uh. <laughs> You still had it when we were going, though. I'll, I'll admit, Jesse beat me, I think, every single time. So there were that's some close true. ones, though.
1: Did I beat I, you? I, I couldn't do tray bombs, and I couldn't do Nolly flips, and you would get me with that on occasion. And that's when we would be like, oh, you're not good. You just do those three tricks.
0: Ugh. He does, dude. Do, Jesse has, like, <clears throat> the tricks that shouldn't be allowed. The Casper flip, you shouldn't do that.
1: And pop, shove a tail grab. Pop, shop, a tail grab, you allowed. shouldn't do that. I agree.
0: But I agree. You, you did it when you were desperate. <laughs> Boy. And I got desperate a lot, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I, um, really wanted to talk to you and I'm sure we could, we could talk again about, because we didn't even talk about recording in Michigan. We didn't talk about, yeah, no joke. there's a whole slew of stuff. And, but, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I think you're a good person and you're a big formative character in my life, hundred percent. And I think it's a inspiration that. You know uh you were where you were, and you took a leap of faith, and your whole life is just you know awesome, and everything is just good, everything's perfect it was a
1: man, it was a dream come true it really was I mean, every important person in my life you know was just like wow you've you've got a one in a million chance I, like they were all just as shocked as I was you
0: know and and your life is so positive now, and it all stems from kind of that that leap.
1: Exactly. It's like we doing so much touring and meeting so many people and especially when we're getting a little bigger people like looking up to us in ways you realize that you can actually change somebody's life, you know, just by being positive or, you know, just, I don't know, looking at the bright side of things and That's all we could do back
0: then because realistically it wasn't too bright, but we made it. We really did make it work. Oh, yeah. So. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you for talking to me. And uh, I'm coming to Missouri for a week or 10 days on Monday. So maybe we will pop that game. Hey, Hey.
1: Hey. I live a block from Lakeland.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. All right, meet me in Lakeland we, parking we lot Tuesday about- night, 9 p.m.
1: <laughs> yeah, we in haven't fact about Lakeland. We have plenty to talk about. In fact,
0: I, you have my freaking skateboard. I do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm suing you right now. Wow. <laughs> Bring my, my skateboard. And skate and you can have it. <laughs> okay, true. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right, later, buddy. Bye.
1: Bye.